Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Happy Hump Day. Wines Day, Whiskey Wednesday. Uh, Pink Shirt Day. It is Pink Shirt Day. Yep, we've got ours on, guys. It is the day uh, against bullying. And unfortunately, it seems to be getting worse, not better. So show your support for the anti-bullying movement. Wear a pink shirt today. Kat, how are you? Uh, pretty good, thank you. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Um, every time I hear how much money somebody's making on OnlyFans, I think to myself, I should just fucking do it. You know? I don't know who's going to pay for it, but if I can make a couple of bucks out of it just by, what would I don't you know, do? S- swinging my dick around or is whatever what it is people do? do on there. No, you I don't know. know. What, what should I do? What, what's my angle here? You don't have to be naked on OnlyFans. Now, that said, I'm pretty sure 95% of the accounts are getting naked, but some of them aren't. Some of them are fetish accounts. Actually, a lot of them. I would say more than, than 10% are fetish accounts that don't involve getting naked at all. There's people showing feet. Uh, there's a woman on there that, that pretends to be a dog, and people really fucking like that. You could do something like that. You could pretend to be a, I don't know, a fucking bear. Find some kind of a fetish that people like, and just really, you got to give 100% to it, though, Scott. Like Super you, Surf. If you give 100% to that, I bet you you'll make a little bit of coin. Yeah. Some people do. Um, there, there are some celebrities on there, and I think OnlyFans is the one that kind of enticed them to do it. But Cardi B, for example, is on OnlyFans. We know she gets mostly naked on her Instagram anyway. But she'll go on OnlyFans as like a, hey, guys, behind the scenes, I'm going to show you this. Hey, I'm going to show you never before seen uh, a rap video from when I was, you know, 16 years old. You guys got to check this out only on my OnlyFans. Shit like that. And she actually has people on her OnlyFans, she actually apparently makes a little bit of money. Plus, like I said, I'm pretty sure OnlyFans pays her to be on the service. So they're trying to get more of that too. So it's not necessarily just for porn, although that is a huge market for porn. There are other things. Maybe you should hone in on those. Crystal Jackson is from Sacramento, California, and she has an OnlyFans. Maybe you know her as Mrs. Poindexter. This woman's making $150,000 a month. Oh, get out of here. Does she do straight porn? She does pictures and videos as a combination. She says she only started her OnlyFans as a way to spice up her marriage. Now it has turned into a huge money endeavor. And let's come back to OnlyFans in a sec because I'm really curious how that dynamic works. She started it up to put some shit online, make things interesting with her husband. Now she's making money. And I'm wondering at what point is the husband like basically just encouraging it? Or how much does he encourage it if it's bringing in that kind of money? We'll come back to that. The reason we're talking about Crystal here this morning or today, depending on when you're listening, is because her kids just got kicked out of their school. Her kids go to a Catholic school. There's three of them. Some other parents realized that Crystal has an OnlyFans account where she does some nudity and masturbation and things like that. And they lobbied to get the kids kicked out of this school. Because that family does not convey traditional Catholic values. The school agreed and kicked the fucking kids out. Wow. All three of them expelled because mom's doing porn on the internet. I'd love to go to the homes of those people who started this lobby effort to get three kids kicked out of school because of what their mom does. And find out how innocent they are in their households. How innocent are you? Before you cast that judgment on these three kids over what their parents do, 
What's going on in your household? Yeah. You 100% by the Bible? 100%? Not not doing anything different? No. Man, that seems like it. there's a there's a lot of personal happening in there. Not a lot worried about, you know, the kids. Why can't we always go back to the kids? That's what this shit is supposed to be about. Why do you got to focus on what mom does for a living? That's none of your goddamn business, I think, even if it is a Catholic school. That said, apparently their Catholic schools are kind of like private schools we have here. So they yes. have every right to kick your ass out if they if they agree to it, if the board or whatever it is agrees to it. It sounds like there's a little bit of jealousy going on there, too, if I might just say. And if And if there isn't, it just kind of seems like it. I just think that's such a rough look like, oh, yeah, your mom's doing some stuff that we don't like. So we're kicking you kids out of our school community. Go find a different school to get your Catholic education. That's wrong. Yeah, that is so wrong. But anyway, uh, mom's okay with it. She's clearly got the money when she's making one hundred and fifty K a month on OnlyFans. So back to this OnlyFans thing. She started it up to spice up her marriage. What is the spice there? Does she go to her husband and say, hey, I'm thinking about getting naked on the Internet for strangers. Do you think that'll be good for you and I? Uh, yeah. Like, that's a weird conversation to have, isn't it's it? Totally weird, and, and it's not for everybody. Um, but there's a lot of things that some couples do out there that aren't for everybody, and they manage to make it work. It's probably, maybe it turns him on when other people, to know that other people watch her. Like, I know that's a thing for some people. Maybe that was it. Maybe she does characters. There's some people on there that, like, dress up a certain way and do things. Maybe he's into that, and... And he wants to watch it uh, on camera. Like I don't know. It could be a lot of different reasons. But the fact that money is really coming in, I'm sure he's like, keep at it. Well, that's the thing. Like, at, at what point do you, because he presumably has a regular, fairly straight up normal job that doesn't involve taking off his clothes on the Internet. So, like, does he come home from work and say, honey, did you put out some masturbations videos today? Huh? Did you get it done? Because chop, chop, mortgage payments coming up. Let's go. Like, at what point is this not spicing up your marriage and turning this into, like, a job? It's a job, basically. Yeah, it seems like it. That's Maybe that's how she started it, because she thought, how how would you like it if other people watch me? And he said, yeah, nice. So that's how it started, but now it's basically, it's solid income, to say the least. It's a solid income, so why not keep going? Yeah, I just don't know where you... I mean, there has to be a line at some point, right? Like, at, at what point are you... Spicing up your marriage and then crossing over into, nah, I'm basically going to prostitute out my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's got a lot of fans, though, if she's making 150 k a month. It's- I don't know how much of a cut OnlyFans takes, but I think like people are paying five or six bucks a month for every account they follow. Yeah. The So the, the minimum subscription price, and I looked that up for that reason because people might have some questions or, or maybe they're interested. So I'll let you guys know. So there were actually way more than I assumed, by the way, non-porn-related like, n- accounts on there. There are all kinds of celebrities. Uh, there are chefs on there that will only post their, their recipes on OnlyFans and them doing videos of them making food. Uh, there are lots of different influencers and specialty people, people who dress up in costumes that are not naked like i said so there's a lot on there anyway or at least they want you to that they want it to seem that way so for five bucks that's the minimum subscription price per month uh the maximum you can pay you'll top out if you want to follow everyone and everything at 50 bucks a month so it's kind of like an a la carte so i believe basically you have to pay at least 4.99 to follow somebody monthly and maybe that's your like low low end of the spectrum kind of people on there like okay she's kind of hot or he's kind of cool or i like him I'll, I'll spend that money per month on watching these videos and then it can go up like i said to a max of 50 bucks only fans takes 20 percent of the earnings 
Okay. That's a good business for them to be in then. Yep. If one person's making 150k a month, do the math on how much OnlyFans is making. There you go. And it also will come with your own little package of how to and how often to post depending on what you're doing on the streaming service. So it offers some free advice, they say, uh, as well. And let's see, unlike some others, you can only use OnlyFans as a subscriber or creator. Um, to become an earner, you have to add your bank account to the profile. Easy enough, fine, whatever. Uh, yeah, so creators receive a payout every 21 days, 80% of what they brought in, and the OnlyFans keeps 20%, as mentioned. So I was rattled yesterday. It was so freaking bizarre to me. We were doing after 9. It was like quarter after 10 or so, and yesterday Tiger Woods came up randomly out of nowhere. I don't even remember what we were talking about for Tiger Woods to come up yesterday. We were talking about uh, like greats in their sport kind of thing, I think. Uh, something along those lines, I believe. So Tiger comes up, and little did we know, as we were recording at 10.15, it was 7.15 in California And Tiger Woods was getting in that accident at the exact same time. Yeah, crazy. What in the actual fuck? Yeah, I mean, um, thankfully he's okay. My first instinct was, oh my God, I hope he wasn't on anything. I hope he wasn't. And I think a lot of people were like that. And then a, a little bit of shaming started like, how dare you think that he was on drugs or drunk? Well, I don't think that that's a how dare you kind of thing, because the last time he had a pretty substantial incident, he was found to have been impaired. Thank God he wasn't this time. And and people should. Uh, um, uh, what's the best way to put this? Um, I, I believe it anyway. I know that there's still some speculation out there that, oh, well, they just didn't want to say that he was on something. That's why they didn't take any blood. Well, yeah. OK. I mean, he, he could have been on painkillers. That's the truth, because he did have his back surgery in December. But they don't believe that to be a factor. He was totally lucid when they arrived. He was clear, conscious. He was able to tell everybody his name. They didn't have reason for it. So if you don't have reason to check the blood, you don't do it. That's kind of just the way it works. I agree with you. Yeah. He uh, had showed no signs of impairment. How about that? Yeah. But, but to survive... Survive, to survive that crash was unbelievable because that was devastating. But, I mean, fuck, he, he was speeding. And speed, they believe, is a significant factor. It could take up to three weeks to complete the investigation. So we don't know that for a fact. So I will say that right now. We don't know that that was it. They still are going to check the vehicle. They're going to make sure. But they believe that speed was a significant factor. Well, y- slow down. The good news is seatbelt saved his life. They believe that the seatbelt saved Tiger Woods' life. And thankfully, he had his seatbelt on. So that's good. What I don't understand, though, is maybe he was speeding and the LAPD did acknowledge that that is a a known stretch of road Mm -hmm. where they deal with a lot of bad accidents. There was no skid marks at all, which kind of leads me to think that it was one of those. And God, I hate to think that that he was at fault here, like did something reckless. But was he texting? Like, was he looking down at his phone, looked up, and it was too late? He was going off the road? He yeah, hit the center I mean, median and started rolling? I'm sure that's what part of the investigation is. I'm not sure how much proof you can have of distracted driving aside from checking the phone itself. I, they haven't even confirmed that they they have his, the, his phone, for example, in, in their in their custody currently. Or uh, I really, I don't know. I don't know. I know that, I mean, you, you got you to gotta be careful while you're driving. And unfortunately, I don't know. I just try to think, if I'm Tiger Woods... I know how much money I'm worth. I'm as careful as can be. But, it but I think the inclination to, is to be reckless, though. But the, that doesn't seem to be the way. 
You know, you, you, he doesn't seem to have the same value thought in his head. If I was driving Tiger Woods, for example, okay, put yourself in that place. Okay, I'm not even Tiger Woods. I'm driving Tiger Woods. Do you know how fucking carefully I would drive knowing how much money this man is worth? Doesn't yeah. he see himself that way? <laughs> <laughs> when you've got a lot of money and not a lot of care about um, – well, there's some people who drive carefully because they can't afford anything to happen to their car because they can't afford to get it replaced if something does happen. If you've got that kind of money, like total fuck you money, maybe you are a little more reckless. Maybe you do have a, a bit of invincibility syndrome. I don't know, but I mean – I'm looking at the footage of the crash again right now. We've got all this, by the way, up at scottandcat.ca if you want to see some different angles, if you want to watch the uh, sheriff's news conference and see some of the response that came in. It's a miracle he's alive Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. in different circumstances, he might not have survived this. But like you said, the seatbelts save lives. He had his seatbelt on. That was so important. But, I mean, Barack Obama sends out a tweet. Donald Trump phoned into Fox News yesterday to talk about this because he was so upset about it. Trump is the one, by the way, who gave Tiger Woods the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Mike Tyson, Jack Nicholas, Steph Curry, Serena Williams, Mariah Carey, Phil Mickelson, Justin Thomas, Tony. Yeah, Fino. I mean, he's got a lot of famous friends. Of sure, absolutely. But one of the things that stood out yesterday is I was watching the coverage on the Golf Channel. And they were I'm sure that if they're if you're one of the guys that works at the Golf Channel, you probably never in a million years imagined you would be doing CNN style breaking news coverage. Let's cut to a shot from the chopper. Let's go to this eyewitness. Let's go over to the news conference. That's what they were doing. Full blown news coverage on the Golf Channel. And they were talking to pro golfers who were all getting ready for the Genesis Invitational this weekend. And every single one of them said, I grew up watching Tiger Woods. And not only is he an incredible golfer and what inspired me to do what I do now, he's an incredible person. Like everybody talks about his humanitarian work and what he does for the up and coming golfers. The way he'll take a a new golfer who's just joining the tour, doesn't know his way around anything and take them under his wing and sort of mentor them and, and get them to where they need to be to play at that pro level. Like this guy will give you the shirt off his back. And it sucks that someone who's so dominant in an individual sport that this happened to him, this guy, it's almost like he's destined to be in pain forever. When you think about all the surgeries he's had and, and so on and so forth, this guy probably wakes up in agony more than he doesn't. Yeah. And now this happens. Yeah. So what did it broke both his ankles, I think, and shattered uh, his knee, I think? What uh what I have here is multiple injuries to his right his right leg took the biggest hit here. He had to get a rod inserted into his lower right leg, screws and pins in his foot and ankle. Um I mean, he's used to surgery, but that was not one that he had planned. And I'd imagine his back is pretty bad, too, because he was recovering from that surgery that he had in mm-hmm. December. I don't imagine a rollover accident would, would help that recovery along. Um, so I don't, I don't want to be premature here in, t- in talking about this, but is this a lot of people assuming this is probably the end for Tiger Woods in terms of playing golf professionally? I think he'll be lucky to walk again properly, let alone play golf again. Well, I mean, I just don't see him beating Jack Nicklaus's record I just don't think he can do it now. Now, most of these injuries are on his lower body. So just roll with me here, okay? I'm not a doctor, and I don't even know everything there is to know about golf. But if the injuries are mostly below the hip, and let's say his back does end up being fully recovered, and he's great, how much leg do you you actually need 
in that golf swing more than it looks, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, for me, my golf swing, I've been working on it for uh, almost 30 years now. And it's just as much lower as it is upper. I mean, your arms swing the actual club, but so much of it is momentum through your whole body. One of these days, I'll I'll put out one of those how to golf videos, and and you'll see just how perfect my swing is. It's it's inspirational, really, to the younger generation of golfers. <laughs> you you once I don't know if we talked about this before, but once you and I had an event at a golf course. You remember this? Yes, I do. So I was nervous because we had to do a tournament at the time. So you had showed me how to, I mean, good for you. You're patient because I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm a golfer. I had a great time and I had a lot of drinks in me, but you actually took me to kind of, for, for me to learn how to drive. I think I even loaned clubs from you if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and, and how to, and how to putt. And I, I mean, I was not good at the tournament and most of the time it was uh, thank God best ball. So I didn't even have to worry about putting because my ball was never the best, but uh, yeah, that was uh, your good teacher. Oh, thank you're you. You're a good teacher. You're very patient. And I, and I probably wouldn't have been patient with myself. Well, that's because I was drunk too. <laughs> now it all makes sense. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's get you a couple of different things here. The average person will drive for nine days with their check engine light on before they will go and see a mechanic. Whoa! Nine days. That's a lot. Okay, but the check engine light isn't like an it's fucking urgent or something like that. Like, you'd think if it was urgent, it would be like constantly flashing beeping lights on it would automatically phone okay. your mechanic something i could i could totally see how what you just said would get a different reaction from people based on the vehicle that they're driving and what right. they're used to right mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for some people who have an older vehicle maybe it's been on before maybe this is a reoccurring thing it happens every six months you get that engine light and you're like oh come on and no one's in a rush or maybe it's a money thing you're like let's just put this off and see because i don't want to i don't want to pay that bill and i don't blame people for not wanting to pay the bill but for me i'm just always so nervous like what if it's something important but at least your cars now tell you most details about everything they'll tell you hey here's the problem we think that we have but I'll call my mechanic right away. There's no way I'm waiting nine days. See, and it it really depends. I mean, usually when a check engine comes on, as far as I know, this is all anecdotal from what I've heard, but it's usually a sensor of some sort. And while that may impact like your fuel economy and things like that, it's not dire as in if you don't get this replaced right away, your car is going to fall apart. But some check engine lights actually do require attention. You kind of have to be sure what's going on. That's why it's important to have a good mechanic who's actually going to tell you the truth about you can put that off or no, that's got to get dealt with. Right. Yeah. In my case, I've had a check engine light on. No bullshit. Since 2014. 2014 is when that light came on. And every time I see our mechanic, Paul, I say to him, do you want to deal with the check engine light? It's always like, no, no, don't worry about that. It's just the uh, the four wheel drive shit. I'll, I'll we'll deal with it later. How about that? We'll deal with it later. But I've got an older truck. I mean, (laughs) the truck was like six years old when the light came on. So whatever. If he says it's fine, I trust his judgment. Now, one thing I do believe you need to do is change your oil regularly. Some cars go longer than others. It has to do with the car, the engine, the type of oil, etc. If you use synthetic, for example, maybe you can go a little longer. But average is 5,000 kilometers. The average person right now, the majority are 3,000 kilometers overdue for an oil change. 
Okay. It's a good time to get into the car manufacturing industry, everybody, because there's going to be engines blowing this summer. Yeah, I think so, especially now, because people are trying to find ways to to save money, maybe, and that'd be one of them. 3,000 over? I mean, yeah, I mean, we've all pushed it a little bit. Yeah. We've all been like, well, it's at uh, 4,995. I got to drive to work. Next week, I'll get it changed. Okay, couple hundred Ks, not the end of the world. 3,000 Ks, and you're doing that regularly? That's quite a bit. Quite a bit. Turns out your toothbrush is not covered in shit after all, cat. What? You've heard a uh, toilet plume. Have you heard that that expression? Before? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, let me see if I know what you're talking about here. I've heard for many years, and I, I don't know. I always thought there were actual legit studies. If you flush the toilet near your toothbrush, the poo particles are going to come flying up and put <laughs> and land on your toothbrush. Is that what right. you mean? You're brushing your teeth with crap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me that's not true because I have a I have a toothbrush cap that I use every day, all the time. On my toothbrush. Not the worst idea anyway, but it's uh, the toilet plume, as they call it, is not something you need to worry about. It's a new study from Northwestern. They analyzed the bacteria on 34 used toothbrushes. Almost all of the microbes they found are the type that live in your mouth, not in your gut. So really, the only way you're probably going to get shit on your toothbrush is if you actually stick it in your ass. (laughs) And I wouldn't put it past some people. There's some people who probably do. Yep. There's some people yep. who, but highly likely that they do. Uh, shit. COVID numbers are a little crazy right now, aren't they? Are you freaked out a little bit? You know what? A bit. I feel like I'm trying. Let me try to explain how, what the, the part of COVID that we're in right now. I feel like we've got vaccinations on one side, which thankfully we're getting more of here, which is lovely. And soon they'll be distributed in arms and that's great. So I feel like on one end, it's like a, it's like a teeter totter. We're on one end. We're like, okay, we got the vaccine. So everything's good. We're getting toward the middle, but then some of these numbers are, are, are getting a little higher. So that's, mm-hmm. that's making us go one way, but then slowly they'll get lower and then higher again. So I feel like we're in that middle portion of the teeter totter where some days it's a little bit lower and some days it's a little bit higher and sometimes that does freak me out it's the variant shit that freaks me out people can we stop talking about the variant i know we have to it's part of the deal but that's what's freaking people out the most i think the variant is because we don't really know enough about it at this point we've all learned about covid we know about the droplets and some masks help better than others and yada 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 stay apart blah 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 but then you hear things like variant that transmits easier. There was a rumor at first that masks won't help against these. And I don't think I've seen any evidence that, that that's true. But uh, here we are. People are talking about it. And uh, people are getting sick. One thing we do know about the variants is they do seem to make the people who get sick sicker. And while our overall number of infections seems to be going down, testing is also down. And there's more people going into hospital. It is up and down. Some days are down. Some days are up. But I mean, yesterday, for example, let me see if I've got the exact number. Across Ontario, there were 12 new deaths yesterday, but 72 more patients went into hospital. 72 in one fucking day. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. It does seem like a lot. So I don't know where we go from here, but I would like to get some fucking vaccines going. Uh, Apparently, the FDA is now going to allow the Johnson & Johnson shot. The single shot one to be used for emergency use. Okay. Basically, until they can go through the formal approval procedure, they'll let people start getting that vaccination. 
Good. You know what? If fucking vinegar would protect us, inject that into people. I don't care at this point. Just get it under control. Although I do feel like there's some reason to be optimistic. We still do have a relatively low number of variant cases spreading and the border's locked down. I was watching the news last night and it's amazing seeing some of these people just right pissed off at how inconvenient it is that they have to go to a hotel and quarantine and pay that bill. Mm -hmm. Some people just go along with it, but other people were making a big deal of it. Yeah. Frankly, I don't think anybody feels sorry for you. Like, sure, you got your vacation in Mexico, but this is what happens when you do that. That's the thing. And I think there's really no there's really no excuse. I don't even want to say, yeah, I mean, there's no excuse for not realizing what you're doing when you're doing it. Like, I'm going on a trip. Oh, I never even heard I needed to quarantine when I got back. I, did, I thought this would be a breeze. Like, don't people realize it's not? And I know it's shitty because you're, you're, you have that, like, I'm free to move. I can do this. I'm allowed to do it. And I get that. But it has to come, unfortunately, with the consequences when you get back. It sucks. It's not fun. But I don't know. Like, most of us have been able to be patient and realize, hey, that trip I was going to take, I can't take it. I'm going to have to take it next year. And you will get to take it next year. I fully believe that. I think we're going to be okay to travel next year. But some people just don't want to hear that. And this is what you have to go through if if you're that that person. You know what I mean? Can I tell you, I think we're, I I still think that we're not going to be talking nearly as much about COVID by June. I really think that as they get more vaccines into arms and they've got to do the highest risk groups first, as those seniors and people with underlying conditions and front care work, frontline health care workers get their shots, I think that the deaths are going to drop down to near nothing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I hope you're right. Yeah. Across Ontario, for a while there, we were getting a lot of deaths, like 80, 90, over 100 deaths a day. Yesterday, we had 12. 12 deaths in one day is it's meaningful it's substantial i mean those are actual people but it's not a massive number compared to what it used to be so i do feel like there's some light at the end of the tunnel uh teresa tam though our chief medical officer of health continues to piss people off every time she opens her mouth yesterday she said there's reason to be optimistic and people tuned in they were like oh okay teresa with some good news let's go yeah lockdowns should be a thing of the past after this summer after this summer are you fucking kidding that's realistic i don't know i mean i would like to think that we've done our last lockdown we're into the red zone in most parts of ontario i don't want to go back to the whole gray area stay at home order thing again i still feel bad for people in toronto because they're sitting there with the major fomo looking out their condo windows at everybody else running around von mills shopping like assholes yeah. I feel bad for them. No, I think that that's actually the most realistic thing that she said. Like, By I don't, the end of the summer, no more lockdowns? I think fall. I, I think we're looking at fall. I really do. Because, well, with the mix of variant, it's going to take a while to get shots in arms, at least here in, in Canada. And let's all hope that that all goes swimmingly and that the variant doesn't end up being a big deal um, and, and that the vaccinations will protect us against that. We all have to assume that first. There's still going to be people who will you know refuse to to take it and that's fine but that will still get some hospitalizations going here and there the ones who are least suspected to be um that need to be hospitalized so a lot of little things i think i I don't think the summer is going to be quite like a summer 2019 for example but we will wear masks for a long time i think we will too i think masks are here to stay for a long time we won't gather in big events like there's not going to be 
Um, it's possible we could have, we'll have concerts and things. That's not going to happen until 2022, though. And even with that, probably we'll still have to wear masks as we go to these events for a little while longer, I think. Yeah, I'd like to think that those things are done, but you might be right. You, you might be absolutely right. Yeah. Last but certainly not least, we, we've basically been told but not shown any actual evidence that aliens are here. Aliens come into the Earth's atmosphere regularly. And now even more confirmation. This was a United Airlines flight, 2292. This happened around 1 o'clock this past Sunday on a flight that was traveling from Cincinnati to Phoenix. The pilot radioed down to the ground because there was a UFO flying right over top of his aircraft. Listen to this. have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us that... I hate to say this looked like a long cylindrical object. It almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of us. Yep. I Fuck. believe I believe it. Fuck. I believe it. We... Like, there's no denying it, right? And, yeah. and now, it, I'll do the rest of the story here. Then we can discuss. American Airlines has officially confirmed that radio transmission is authentic, but they would not comment on this as an alien encounter. Mm-hmm. Here's their quote. Following a debrief with our flight crew and additional information received, probably radar, we can confirm this radio transmission was from American Airlines Flight 2292 on February 21st. An American Airlines spokesperson told Fox News in a statement, for any additional questions on this, we encourage you to reach out to the FBI. Why don't they just come clean? Like, why can't we have a why doesn't Joe Biden just send out a tweet and say, I need the entire world to be watching TV Friday night at eight o'clock Eastern. We're going to tell you everything you want to know about aliens. All your questions will be answered Friday at eight. Why don't they do that and literally get the entire world tuned in? That's a good question. Why don't they do that? Uh Fear, they're probably afraid of some people's reaction to it. Some people don't want to hear that. Some people are already afraid to leave their house. They're happy not knowing. They're a little naive to it. But like we've mentioned in the podcast, if you actually think that we are here on this in this universe and we are the only living beings of any kind, whatever kind that might be, to occupy a universe, you're fucked. Like, that's, that's a nutty, nutty thought. So to those who are so naive and think that it, there's nothing out there, that's fine if you're not ready to hear it, but you know. But you can't tell me that you don't think that. You can't tell me. I would love a Q&A. Man, I'd love it. But how much information would they give us? I don't know. That's the thing, right? Like, I don't care. Get, get Oprah to host it. Get Ryan Seacrest to host it. I don't give a shit. Sit Biden down. Or maybe it's a collective. Maybe we get the leaders of America, China, Russia, and India. All four of them on the stage, same time. Guys, we're going to level with you. We're, we're telling you because we think you can handle the truth. Wasn't that one of Joe Biden's promises when he was running? Yeah. I'll always level with you. Well, I'll always on. be honest I mean- with you, even if the truth is hard to hear. Yeah, absolutely. But let's also hang on a second because we got a lot of other shit going on in the world. Maybe they feel as though this is not a priority yet at this point. But you can't you can't deny that stuff is happening. They've already confirmed. It wasn't at the Pentagon itself last year that that confirmed like, yes, um, these pilots saw these 
other objects is a different story, by the way, than what we're talking about. These are other sightings. And the sightings have become uh, more and more over the last several years, especially. And they don't know. The fear of the unknown for them probably freaks them out. Like, we don't know that much information. So why do we go public with the little information that we have in order to basically face public scrutiny because we don't know information? And how could they know? This is this is probably something that's way greater than all of us than the greatest person on this earth, way greater than them, way greater than any technology that we have is what they have. I'm sure they're scared shitless just as much as anybody else might be. So maybe they don't want to open that box of like, let's answer everything. Let's talk about this openly. But I do think they should. I do think they should because we don't know what's going to happen ever. So if something does happen, we need to at least know that it's confirmed that something or someone or multiple people from multiple planets or well, I don't even want to say people who fucking knows what they are or who they are. I don't know. They're, they've been here. So you, it's quite possible you could see something or hear something and encourage people to let them know. Hey, let us know when you see something. Because the more information that you have, the, the more knowledge and then the more you can figure out what is going on. I don't know. I feel like they're just as scared as anybody else might be. Okay, one more question, and then we will wrap it up for today. When Donald Trump was elected, one of the first things he did was create an entirely new branch of the U.S. military, the Space Force. Space Force. And at the time, we were led to believe because the wars of the future could be fought in space. But we were led to believe that is like a... Uh, USA versus China, USA versus Russia, whatever. Or is it USA, China, Russia, Canada, India, UK versus whatever else is out there? Is that why we have Space Force or is it really for a, an Earth dispute? Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> um, this is why we need the primetime special. The highest rated event in the history of the world. But I will Friday say, night, 8 o'clock, everybody. Yeah, but I will say that the Space Force, is, it, it, people made fun of it. People made so much fun of it at the beginning, but it, it, we should absolutely have, have more. More resources out there, more than just NASA, which is why I'm glad that we do have Elon Musk, as much as some people seem to dislike it. But I'm glad that we have so many people looking toward that, because I think it's really important for us. Sure. Uh, it just sort of lines up now with all the with the the Pentagon not even denying it anymore. They're not even trying to make up excuses for what these unidentified flying objects are. Yeah, absolutely. Because they realize that at a certain point they can't. At a certain point, there's going to be way too many witnesses to something. Why would you bother hiding that? Why wouldn't you take control of it now and say we're aware of something? We don't know what that something is. Like you're human. You're human at the Pentagon. Like the, the ego sometimes I think is so fucking high. They think because they're holier than now in a, in a human point of view, they're not in a whatever the fuck is out there point of view. So you better smarten up and let us know what the fuck is going on at every detail you have, I think, in order for it not to come back and bite you in the ass later on. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I just have a feeling that they brought Trump in for his first real authentic top secret, highly classified presidential briefing, and he hit the fucking roof and said, okay, create a new level of the military. The timeline kind of works out if you're following along. Mm-hmm. Who knows when we'll find out. But I do think that uh, uh, Ryan Seacrest would be a great host for that special when we learn <laughs> that alien life exists. That'd be great. That and The Bachelor. Once we find out who's going to host that finale of The Bachelor, we'll let you know. But they're saying it's going to be somebody inside the ABC payroll already. And you mentioned Ryan Seacrest, and he is. I mean, he is on the payroll. So who knows? But I feel like that's so overdone, they might, they might not. I feel like it's going to be, they're going to go BIPOC. Really? Can I just throw it out there? I think they will. There's too much right now. 
I mean, Chris Harrison, the reason why he's stepping aside is a comment he made about race. And it was kind of an ignorant comment, and a lot of people were not happy about it. So why would they not bring in uh, bring in someone with more of a diverse background than a, than a white guy? So I don't think it's going to be no Ryan Seacrest. Mm-hmm. And on that, we will say save some gigs for the rest of us, Ryan. And you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to After 9. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, and we'll have another episode coming out tomorrow. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.